When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My hard drive was so full. How full was it? It was so full that if it looked at an olive garden, it would have thrown up. There. That's a good combo joke. Thank you. <laughs> but, but the audience doesn't know the first half. They don't know why it's funny. Oh, that's fair. So here, so here's what happened. Patrick was at an olive garden. And then the Olive Garden waiter came into the stall and said, Sir, you can stay here as long as you like, but you're going to have to get us a new plunger. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I hope the audience... I sound fine to myself, but then again, I sounded fine to myself last week, so I'm hoping that we sound sound like a a professional podcast this week, especially since we have patreon.com slash The Crunch. That's the earliest we've ever plugged that in the world. Yeah. But I just gotta get it. This is a world record for today. Gotta get it out of the way because I'm all about that money, 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 fast, fast, fast. Money, 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 money. money. (laughs) So the reason I was late to the pod. uh, Oh boy. Um. So the freaking cast. The freaking cast. So I. uh, uh, Someone sent an email to us earlier. They were like, "Hi, I'm a big fan of the pod, and then sometimes I also listen to the cast." And I was like, (laughs) "You're so great. That's (laughs) great. Thanks." So. I, I was I was I, this is gonna sound really silly, but I de- was deleting emails. I delete I delete emails when I'm done with them because I hate having my stuff in my inbox. And like sometimes sure. when I delete, I deleted emails that were unread, and so it said trash four. Like there was a little notification. I hate that. And so I went in and I was gonna I hit Control A, and then I was gonna hit Read All. Okay. But I accidentally hit Open. Oh, no. And so Outlook was like, oh, you want me to open 1,000 emails? Sure thing. And so my computer started opening every single email. Where's Clippy that I'd when you need received. him? I know. And so I was like, oh, shoot. Control, alt, delete. The crunch will have to wait. Control Z. So that the, was the big dumb that I did. There should they should install a button on every laptop that says cancel all functions. I have to record a podcast. Like that just it's a, <laughs> it's kind of a pause everything. I've got a podcast going. With the explosion of the medium, this is a guarantee yeah. by 2025. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I that's what I've been hearing. I got just an like email. Dinosaurs. Got an email from from Tim Cook after I put him on blast in our podcast uh, uh Tim uh, Apple. Tim Apple on our podcast Tim Apple and Jeff Bozo have been sending me emails. Oh, oh, got him. They've been saying, (laughs) Ethan, Ethan, we need your advice. And I said, no, thanks, boys. I'm too busy for the likes of you. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just want to let... I just want everyone to know that I'm friends with CEOs. Tim Apple and Jeff Bozo. I I need need to... I, I don't trust... Never mind. I'm not gonna say this. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I was watching. I was watching this. uh, I wasn't watching a dating show. I was watching a commentary video about a dating. show. You were watching Nakey Jakey's video on dating shows. No, I was watching. um, 
was it? I think it was Leon Lush's video on I dating even, shows. I don't even know who that is. And pretty good commentary channel. Check him out. All right, um, cool. No free so, pub. So, no free pub. Um, he, the, the one of the, the one of the guys walks up and he's like, "Hey, I'm in the dating show. I'm Michael." And it had like his name, his age, and his occupation. Everyone else had like doctor or lawyer. His just said CEO. Uh huh. And I just don't trust people that lead with that title. You sure. know what I mean? Because I, if you can just start a company and say you're the CEO of that company, <laughs> right? Like you could have a sole proprietorship. Like we could be the CEO of the Crunch. One of us could be. Let's C- flip a coin C- right now. CEO stands for certainly Ethan officer. Certainly Ethan officer. <laughs> Speaking of starting your own company. Oh no. Um, <laughs> can i can i can i i know no free pub but Kick, can i pub kickstarter the alert kickstarter alert kickstarter alert we will we will do, 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 I, do, I, do, I told do, you do, about bonaventure's book club right you did tell me about it and i'm glad that you're doing it but i don't like here's the two things let me t- let me set my drink down there are two okay. things that i don't like about this new venture that you're doing three yeah, things okay. one <laughs> what none of, i'm not in it <laughs> no i'm not in, well i was gonna say one i'm not in it subtitle one a I think that we should have a book being sold by Bonaventure's Book Club that's just a book of pictures of you and me that somebody could buy. <laughs> and then they, when they're trying to reach for their, like, Augustine's or St. Jerome's on baptism or whatever. Close, but they, yeah. They accidentally pull out a book, pic, book, picture book of us. And then <laughs> instead of it being an <laughs> argument called- with somebody about baptism, it all becomes because look at these cute guys. Look at these cute old boys. <laughs> look, at these, look at these guys. I think that'll be... <laughs> I think all of our audience will agree. Vote in the comments below right now if you would purchase <laughs> the Ethan and Patrick picture book. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jillian, if you're club. listening, I need you, and no, this is not a paid gig. I just need you to do it. I need you to make a picture book of me and Ethan. It, we're the two main characters, and it's one of those like learning books. It'll be like, Patrick and Ethan learn about original sin, or Patrick and Ethan learn about... Uh, baptism can the one you know? of, can the one of patrick and ethan learn about original sin be of both of us with fig leaves in the garden and like <laughs> i'm kind of like reaching for the tree and you're like pulling my arm back no, no don't do it <laughs> it's adam and eve not adam and stevie oh <laughs> that's pretty good Listen, so anyway, bottom of this book club. So that's, what's number two? So what's number two? <laughs> I forgot my other two points. Number two, number two is that you did a podcast about it, right? Which, yeah. as we all know, I'm upset about. <laughs> you, I have a, I have a, I have a, uh, what's that? A non compete clause in our friendship. Any any threat <laughs> to my domain in Patrick's life is greeted with instant and severe hostility. All right, I'm his best freaking man, and he's starting another pod. With another, another guy? Another cast? Another cast? That's well, ridiculous. there's no other guy. It's just me. All right. And number three. <laughs> <laughs> they got. They made you a dope video. Why have Why have we never used our marketing power <laughs> to <laughs> to get a video with that quality? That well, nice, I mean, that sleek narration. Oh, that, that it was tight so animation. Good. Come on, yeah. what are we doing? We need. Can we get that guy to make like a like a typograph of like one of our bits? You know? Yeah, like like uh, like we used to have. For like three weeks we had. <laughs> yeah, for like three weeks we had one person make those. Back in 2017. Yeah. Um, when we yeah, were young was... and dumb and full of, well, Full you know. of hope. Yeah. <laughs> full of non-alcoholic beverages. Hey. Um, yeah, we, I, the thing is, I would, 
that kind of that kind of uh of, how much does talent, it cost tell me the price no the price thing, is, is like, too he, high he has like a cut of bonaventure's book club like he is essentially like on retainer in a sense like he just does i have a retainer <laughs> i choose it's not like, to wear it every night <laughs> he first of all he's a listener so shout out ben but also he is an incredibly talented graphic designer is it ben like, eastman he, uh no oh that's just our patron shout out to patreon.com slash the crunch the crunch <laughs> If this Kickstarter doesn't work out, you guys are going to need to <laughs> donate, donate, donate. Um, yeah, today was day one of the Kickstarter for Bonaventure's Book Club. And for those of you who are a little out of the loop, don't worry about it. I'll fill you right in. Come close. <laughs> we'll, we'll, sort, we'll get this sorted right out. Um, Bonaventure's Book Club is an idea that I had, and I, I shot it over to uh, Matt from the Catholic Card Game. Um, it's a uh, uh, subscription service. Um so we, we curate uh, the great works of Catholic literature, and we abridge them and adapt them so they're easily readable. Uh, we take away some of the henses and the where-to-fours, and we change them into modern English. And then uh, we, we ship them in shipments of three, uh, three different books on theme. And you get that four times a year. Yes, you can get three picture books, if that is you your wish. You can get three picture books, but the pictures are words. Um, <laughs> the, the pictures come in your mind. The pictures just, come in your mind. We just unlock those those <laughs> those brain caverns for you with our word yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, so it's sixty bucks, and you get the uh, for a yearly subscription, which adds up to five bucks a book, which is just like that's not a lot per book. And so they're about the size of a cell phone. You can stick them in your pocket and carry them around with you. And so instead of scrolling on Twitter, talking and arguing about theology that you know about, you can learn about theology you don't know about. And uh, on top of that, we're I'm doing a I'm doing like a uh, a companion podcast that you can access for free. It's on iTunes and Spotify right now. It's called the Bonaventures Book Club. It's mm. just the name of it. Um, sure. Yeah. So that that's that's cool. And and the Kickstarter link will be in the description. I'm gonna give it to Ethan. Uh, this is day one. Um, obviously, if you guys don't know a Kickstarter, uh, go support that um, because if there's a bunch of people that signed up and like they want those books, and a bunch of people said they want it, you know. But if we don't hit our goal, they're not going to get their books. And that'd be really sad. I don't want people to be sad. Don't you want people to be happy? So go support wow. Kickstarter. Bonaventure's Book Club on Kickstarter. It's going to really, be great. Really trying the moral argument as far as selling this thing. huh? I've been reading a lot of Aquinas, so the moral argument is... Uh... It's pretty good, huh? <laughs> we love that. We love morality around here. We do. Big fan. But yeah, it's also, like, on a side note... that reading these books and abridging them has been great just for me personally, like reading some of these works of theology that I really probably wouldn't have read otherwise, because when you're in school, you're kind of just at the mercy of your professor. If they think that Aquinas is important to read, you're going to read some of them, but he's going to come like, you know, he's going to come pre-edited, right? I actually got the chance to like comb through and see for myself. Like I, I, I went through and was like, what, what is important for people today to hear from St. Thomas Aquinas on grace. So you're just like a professor, but without the credentials. Exactly. (laughs) You do have a degree in theology. That's a credential. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's credential enough. I think, I think the thing that I, I, what I, what I was told was that, um, word on fire tried to do something like this and they didn't. I think Mm. one of the reasons is that they're like, where do we, where do we start? Like, where do we cut down? I think, I think I'm in a unique position because first of all, I like, I I'm educated just enough to know what to where to look yeah but i'm not so overly educated that i take words for granted you know like oh everyone knows what parousia means everybody knows that because i'm friends with only theologians no so i, th- I think i think 
what we try to do on this podcast is take high concepts of theology and bring them down to earth. And so that's this podcast or your podcast, this podcast. Oh, do we? Yeah, I think if we so. do it, I don't even know that it's happening. That's the thing. I mean, this podcast has always been about like making Catholicism normal again. That's true. Put that on a red hat and run it. Wow. Um, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. There are many laws in place Make... that prevent me from doing so. I keep trying to run for president of the diocese, but my bishop keeps informing me over and over again that doesn't exist. <laughs> Stop coming to my office. <laughs> you know, the only book that I need. Imitation of Christ. Oh, Bible. It's the Bible, but it's only the the dust jacket of the Bible on the inside. It's a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It just yeah, has a bunch I, of names and phone numbers in it. <laughs> the other the other reason why I want this thing to get to get funded is because um it's only been one day and I've refreshed Kickstarter like twenty thousand times. So please, please take me free. out of my misery. Set Patrick free. Set from me his free. Digital prison. We've already escaped Twitter. Now we have to escape Kickstarter. <laughs> Only you can do this. All right. That's all I have for uh, business, business, business. Is that our, our money, money, money segment is now over. No, money, money, money segment is now over. This it's episode is sponsored by Patrick's money, money, Side money. Hustle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that you have a side hustle within a side hustle. A side hustleception. Yeah. You got to do something. This is know, like I... attaching a sidecar to a sidecar on a motorcycle. <laughs> I think we're all just tired of being on our phones all the time and i think yeah. that's gonna be an attitude that we go forward you know we go out of this uh uh knowing i don't know anyway also other other cool things are happening with the pod too we're going on, on joe rogan we're going on joe rogan but here's the thing our patreon supporters they knew about this before we announced it on the podcast so if you want to know cool announcements like bonaventure's book club and see the cool video before anybody else does yeah patreon.com slash the crunch dang I gotta now be, with sales tax. I got to be more active on that feed. I always am like, yeah, I'm going to be active on that feed. And then I say to myself, what do I even, what do I even post on a feed? And then I end up don't, I, I don't Just post only anything. post on the Facebook group. Well, I don't Is that po- what you mean? I don't post anywhere anyway. So yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying like, just delete everything off of Facebook except for crunch related things. So you're not distracted by. Oh, I do. I've, un- I've unfollowed everything on Facebook except for yeah, Bishop Yeah, it's such a great, it's such a great idea. Scott Hahn. And I get to the, bo- I like, I look at two posts now and it says no more posts to show. And I say, amazing. It's so nice. This is great. This is the best. There are thing there ever. are Google Chrome extensions that delete your newsfeed from your they they block your newsfeed. There's also there's also Chrome extensions. DFTube uh, is is a Chrome extension that blocks recommended videos from the sidebar on YouTube. Oh, that's handy. And and from the home screen, you type in YouTube and it's just a blank screen. It's only so you go there to find what you want. Yes. YouTube doesn't tell you anything. So you can see your subscripts. Yep. Yep. We'll, we'll we'll get back to YouTube. I've got a I've got a story about YouTube later on in the in the freaking pod in the cast in the cast to to talk about it and crunch on that. But before that, do you want to go to the hot take uh, time machine? Let's hop right in. Boom. Welcome, Welcome to, to the hot take time machine. Oh, you go. Oh, no, you oh, do this, it. You do. You do. You do. Okay. Okay. Welcome, Welcome to the hot take time machine. <laughs> Welcome to the hot take time machine. The hot take time machine is the part of the show where. Uh, we get get a little hot, a little spicy. We Whoa, take it, take hey. we take it, we take a trip back in time to the prime of our social media. Put your shirt down. <laughs> the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take, five years or older, give give us a shoot it right on over to info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us today? Yeah, let me. I like, gotta scroll over to it real quick. Gotta scroll on down. Here we go. <clears throat> this is from July 6, twenty fifteen. It's in quotation marks, so I'm quoting somebody. 
or just maybe a, an imaginary person. It says here, quote, why do you confess your sins to a priest? Question mark. Can't you just make your own peace with God? Question mark. And then my reply to that hypothetical question is a gif of Tony Stark saying, is it too much to ask for both? <laughs> Which I think nice. is, is next level apologetics is using hit Marvel films to explain the Catholic faith. Hire that, uh, me. Hire up. me now, church pop, please. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty good. I think we're, we're taking big steps in July of 2015. We're getting to the point in our lives where all of our all of twitter was just dunking on the prats i know it's well that's what it's been up to this point but yeah in 2015 was this weird time in my life where i uh didn't really like love god or morality in any sense of the word and but i still like had this mental obligation to the church so i all it just reduced down to dunking on protestants and making myself feel better about all of the sin that i was committing which is big sad it's a huge sad but you know, I've learned from it, mm-hmm. and now we get to do this podcast together, which is great. Yeah, yeah which I, I used to. I used to sit my my ex girlfriend's Protestant. I used to go to church her church on Sundays too, and uh, in high school, and uh, I would sit, I would sit and wait for their service to start, and I would just like think about things, and I would like tweet like really like dunk on dunk on the prots tweets from their church. I feel so bad about that, like to this day, so mean. Dunk but, yeah. on the prots. They, because especially because it was an anonymous account where like no one knew who I was, Oof. so it's like we were different men. We were different men back then. See, this is the prime. This is why it's the prime of social media. It's where you really got to learn who you were and who you shouldn't be. So this this hot take comes from not me. Uh, this one comes from from Dan. Shout out Dan. He said he gave us a letter too, so I want to read it. Um, I'm a long time listener. Ooh. I met Ethan at Reagan's wedding in December. A, it was awesome. Oh, First nice. Email. I First remember that emailer. guy. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that I super appreciated y'all's discussion on mental health during COVID in the Just for Jeff episode. Um, I also recently found out um, that I've struggled with anxiety. No way. I don't know if you wanted me to read that on the podcast. Well, well, it's too late now. Sorry, Dan. Um, so like, but it, it looks like he's like, but he was like, he, like, he said kind of what I said was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Uh, the wheelbarrow and a rut metaphor was helpful for my own understanding um anxiety it's so hecking important for people in the catholic world to openly talk about mental health especially dudes especially people in the YA catholic circles we are in y'all rock thanks dan i didn't say his last name so no one knows who he is are we in a catholic circle um it's more of like a like a octahedron that's a three-dimensional yeah i figured yeah circles are 2d (laughs) you just transcended i did everything um and since I'm here, I know you guys are all about that sweet, sweet content. So yes. I took a couple of truly scalding hot takes for the time machine. Feast your eyes. Um, January 7th, 2012. The new SNL is just sad. <laughs> Keenan Thompson plays Charles Barkley better than Charles Barkley. And he said, I still stand by this. Chuck is so funny and somehow sucked on stage. Um, and then February 5th, 2012. Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. This is a really elaborate Madonna concert. She even added a bunch of guys playing football. I feel like I remember wow. that tweet. Wow. I remember that concert. I was at my friend's house in in uh, in high school, and I was like watching, and I was like, "What? What is going on?" I'm on the right trap, baby. I was born this. I love Madonna. Yeah, I love Madonna. 
<laughs> and you're gonna, baby, you're a fire. <laughs> Great. Madonna is such an icon. Um, what is a Madonna yeah. song, though? Like, I, I'm struggling. I don't know. I'm struggling. I don't know. People tell me, people say all the time, Madonna. And I say, who? Who? Like, I know that she exists and I know that she's famous. But what did she sing? I don't, I, I can't. I, I wear be, my sunglasses. That's it. Is that uh-huh. the one? Really? Yeah, sun, sunglasses at night, famously by a dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, gosh. My bad. Uh, He's a tenor. Yeah, she, it's hard to tell the difference. She's the she's the one who sang Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Got that it. was Madonna. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, you guys are the best. The podcast has been light and joy in my life, and I'm glad you guys are carrying the banner of you can be Catholic and normal. Hey, make Catholicism normal again. Hey, Dan, hey, let's hey, go. Hey, hey. All right. Thanks, Dan. I don't know if he goes by Dan. He might be one of those guys that's sensitive about people misusing his name. I think Sorry, Dan. I think he'll be all right. Just the fact that he's been on the on the on the podcast in the Catholic circle that we're in. With the what? The podcast? <laughs> I mean, I've heard of a pod. I've heard of a cast. I've heard of a cast. <laughs> I've heard of a podcast. Do you have a hot take yourself that you need to, no. you want to read? You don't want to read uh-huh. anything. Okay. No, cool. I don't know. Let me pull one at random, okay? Let me do that. Oh gosh, now I have to vamp. This is a th- Here's the thing. No, you don't. No, I'm like I'm not I'm not going to read. I'm just going to go click. Um did Pope Francis really say that? A good article to read over lunch today. Oh, I tweeted an article. That's annoying. That's not even okay. a funny tweet. That wasn't even good for the segment. Yeah, no, that wasn't good. Okay. Try uh, again. 25th, January, January 26th, 26th, 2015. I'm going to close my eyes to make it more real. Sorry, God. Popular opinions clearly know better than you. Wow. Oh, my God. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, oh here's a uh, the sarcastic a, talking to God tweet. Very, very famous format. Very famous format. Boy, am I glad we have. Oh, this is a. I don't know, this is a tweet about STDs. Let's not. Let's not read that one. Thank you for tuning into Hot Take Time Machine. Please send in your hot takes so that we can laugh at your tweets, like we laughed at Dan's tweet about Madonna, who still we right. don't know. We don't know what she's done. We don't know. She's what a cultural she's icon. We just for don't what? know what she looks like. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, she's one of those people who um, who liberated feminine sexuality. Mm. Yes. I mean... Because before the 80s, women did not have sex. That's true. That's something... The new reports are coming in every day. Yes. Explain it. <laughs> Explain the generations. Hey, let's do, let's do crunch on that. I haven't made you do a jingle in a couple weeks. Well, that's because we have a jingle from our boy Chris. Oh, that's right. I didn't put yeah. it in last week's episode. What? I forgot. Boo! I know. I hyped it up so much. Well, now you gotta give what? Oh, I forgot her name. Janice. That's my, your mom's my name. My mom. <laughs> uh, no. Um. So you're not yeah. gonna sing for me? So you're gonna make me edit? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do it. <laughs> let let the music flow. If you sing, you. then I can decide which one's best. Um. You gotta give me choices in art as an artist. Uh. Y- you're you're the meaning in my crunch you're the inspiration it's time to crunch on a topic with ethan and patrick crunch on that all right it sounds like a theme song to a pbs show Uh, it was a it was a song that was a parody of a song very bad parody because i just sang the song which song and i i actually don't know the name of the song who's it by madonna (laughs) (laughs) great news 
We're gonna get lambasted for all these Madonna jokes. I know. I, well, I don't think our demographic, the de- the our demographic for listening to the crush, but the, the one person Madonna who's fans. not in our demographic, that mom is gonna get us. She's gonna. That's one, true. We're gonna, Someone's we're gonna, gonna listen to this in the car it's with like, their mom, and then their mom is gonna tell them to email us, and then I'm gonna get the email, and then I'm gonna not respond to it for three days, and then I'm gonna respond yeah. to it. The Madonna fans and the Crunch fans Venn diagram. It's I love circles. when you guys send us emails. I really do. And I, I, I want to read them all at once. I really, really love it when your guys' moms put me on blast for stuff that I say that I think is really good. Keep, <laughs> so keep that up. Keep, keep that up. Keep that train moving. Please keep sending us emails. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I think I'm going to slurp into my mic. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. Have you ever seen... The YouTube channel All Gas No Breaks. <laughs> I was literally just talking about this with my cousin. Are you serious? Yesterday, yeah. The the <laughs> I'm going through a renaissance in my life. What is your th- what is your thought before I go into my thing? So I didn't realize that I saw a video by him. Yeah. Um, it was the so his thing is that he does like interviews where he just goes up to people and just asks them questions and holds the microphone and lets them keep going. Yeah. And like doesn't interrupt them. He's an in, he's an independent journalist. Yeah, and he went up, he did he did like a quarantine episode where he like went up to the people that were protesting <laughs> quarantine and my all-time favorite. I think we talked about this on the podcast. It was the my Irish side built the underground railroad. This lady was holding a sign that said my Irish side built the underground railroad. And she was talking about, she's like, yeah, it's time to like protest the government, you know, like government oppression. Like, let's do it. Come on. That's how she sounded. And she was, and he was like, what does your sign mean? She was like, oh, like, you know, my Irish side helped build the underground railroad. And they were like doing exactly what we're doing, protesting the government. And I was like, do you think that the transcontinental railroad and the underground railroad are the same thing? And also that the underground railroad was a railroad? Is that what you is that what you think? They, and now I don't it. and now I no longer believe in democracy. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know. We all we all come around to that place. Yeah. We might have talked about that, but I I went on a uh dare I say binge <laughs> of his videos, which I think is appropriate cuz he only has like 10. I skipped the one where he went to the pornography convention. Oh, that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of them That's a sad convention. Isn't that just it the is, internet? It it is a sad convention. There was one guy <laughs> outside. I saw it on his Instagram page. There was one guy outside protesting the convention. They had a a nice chat but then the guy went kind of crazy and started yelling at him to repent of his sins and he was kind of running away because the guy was very intense oh yeah. i know which is like why can't we just have like a normal anyway so <laughs> the reason that i bring up this channel and i want to provide some caveats here because the channel is very good but it's not necessarily clean or sanitized in any way he goes to places like the talladega speedway 
uh, mm-hmm. Florida, the Florida rocket launch that happened a couple weeks ago, the Minneapolis protests when people were lighting buildings on fire and looting stores, um, furry conventions, uh, life consciousness, crystal shaman conventions. Okay. Yeah. Um, like he's, he's been to a, a, a burning man, um, like all kinds of different. And then like the coronavirus protests, like just different groups of people that uh, some might consider to be like on the extremes, but like reality really is just like going and going where people are. Right. Yeah. And just, and just wanting to talk to them. And he doesn't really edit out people's anything that people are saying. Um, so it, if you're sensitive to whatever, don't watch it. But I think it's, it's really changed my perspective on like a lot of things because this is what this guy does. His name's Andrew. He goes up, like you just said, Patrick, right? He goes up and his goal is to kind of create like a funny, funny video. Like he's trying to be funny, but at the same yeah. time, he's also trying to like go to places where real things are happening, right? Like, cause his whole point in the Minneapolis protest video, which I thought was so good was that he was going where regular news media wasn't going, right? Mm-hmm. He even had a segment where he was interviewing like a guy with traditional news media and then asking him like, are you guys allowed to go down? Like where, cause they were up on a bridge, like super far away from all the fires and everything. Yeah. And the guy like started to respond, but then he was like, uh, I got, I got to get this shot. Like I'm on the air and like kind of just avoided him. Huh. And like, he, he just looked at the camera. Like he just proved his point that like the traditional media is not going anywhere near the actual people. They're just taking videos of the fires from really far away and like talking about it. Right. Yeah. And then it cuts to him like being in a store that's being looted. Right. Like, which is like actively being looted and he's in it, you know, <laughs> and all gas, no breaks, all gas, no breaks. And so all this to say is that this guy is uh, really good at going and encountering people. Mm-hmm. And he's not, and like, it's really funny because you get to see people like talking about how they used crystals and like the geometry of the universe to achieve an altered state of consciousness or like whatever, like any number of things or like watching hillbillies talk about NASCAR, all number of things. But what he does is he comes to them. And he just asks them questions, right? And he just says, like, hey, why are you here, right? And, like, lets them respond. And then says, what is your favorite part about NASCAR? What's your favorite part about being a furry? Like, whatever, right? And then yeah. lets them respond. And then just has these conversations where he he's not – it's not like in, like when they do people on the street interviews for Jimmy Kimmel or whatever where they're trying to make him look dumb. Yeah. And it's, it's not like Eric Andre where he's being – absurd and like just trying to get other people to react to him mm-hmm. it's like literally he's just getting exactly on the same level as these people and trying to like become their friend and trying to like learn about them and like certainly he's doing it for the video certainly he's doing it because he wants to you know make this thing that's fun that people like and it's something he enjoys like there are other motives he's not just going with no camera and just talking to people right and maybe the reason that people are so receptive is because there's a camera on the microphone. So that certainly has something to do with it. But the thing that I found so interesting is I watched all of his videos, except for the pornography one, which I don't recommend that anybody watches. <laughs> I don't recommend that one. Um, uh, but at the end of a lot of these interviews, no matter if it's like a crazy guy who's drunk behind a casino in Las Vegas or someone at Talladega or someone at the – you know, super left, like a Minneapolis protest, you know, any side of the political spectrum, religious spectrum, he gets people to like, he like 
they give him a hug at the end of the interview. They're like, thank you so yeah. much for talking to me. I had such a great time talking to you. And like, he just gives out hugs without hesitation and just like loves these people. And it's gotten me thinking some thoughts about mm-hmm. like the state of, uh, kind of the church's relationship with the world. This is a big mm-hmm. jump. This is a big jump. So follow me. I, I'm, I'm with you. I I'm, know you're I'm, tracking. I'm, yeah. But it's like, I think that we, especially me, like I'm in an active like ministry evangelization role. Like that is my job to go out yes. and talk to people about the gospel. But I think we get so focused in on that and we get so focused in on apologetics and answering all the questions the right way and getting all the books from Catholic answers and making sure that we memorize Bishop Barron's answers to questions from his YouTube videos. we understand videos. why something is evil and it, the Catholic yes. church. Yeah. We have all these prepackaged things locked and loaded, right? Yeah. And we come into these conversations ready for a debate, ready for an argument, even just ready for a discussion about faith, about God, because we believe that we have to do this or else we're failing the person in front of us. And I think that that's wrong. And, <laughs> and I don't want people to say like, oh, Ethan on the crunch said that we shouldn't evangelize with our words. Like that's no, that's not what I'm saying, right? You yeah. certainly need to preach the gospel verbally and vocally to people, right? Pope Paul VI says this in Evangelii Nunciandi, like a vocal presentation of the word of God, like has to be a part of evangelization. Like you can't yeah. do it without that, right? You have to mm-hmm. talk about it with people. So I'm not discounting that at all. What I'm saying is we forget, and this is why the church is so irrelevant, because nobody in our stupid, sanitized, suburban church culture like knows how to talk to somebody that's not from where they're from or like how they yeah. are. Because I, I was watching these videos, right, of these people at all these different crazy places. And I was just like, my eyes weren't necessarily like opened a ton, but it was just like, wow, the culture that I think that is American culture is not actually American culture. Like it's on one side, it's like, yeah, we're much further gone than I thought we were just with all of like the pagan stuff and all of the people that he was talking to that were like shamans and priestesses and all these things yeah. that w- worshiped crystal Buddhas and st- I don't whatever, like all of that stuff. So I was like, that's really concerning. And like, we should probably be more active in fighting against that somehow. Um, but also like, just examining myself and thinking about, wow, I do I ever, when I meet somebody that, that that's that different from me, am I scared of them? Like, do I, do I encounter them? Do I talk to them? Or do I just think like, Oh shoot, what is this person's like probable disagreements with the, the Catholic faith? And like, do I just prepare yeah. myself for that discussion? Like I just skip over the person. I feel like so often I think that we forget that encountering a person can be a real act of Christian charity. I don't know. I have, I have a lot more thoughts, but what do you think? I think we're very quick to correct. And it's, I don't know. I, it's political. It's the way that we, it's not, I don't, I don't, it's the way that I remember the way political arguments worked when I was in high school. Um, having, having political discussions with my cousin is great because we agree and disagree on things. And, like, I have misconceptions about certain things. Like, he corrects them. And then, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll like, push back on... So, anyway, the, we, we had political... So I was telling you about the discussions we had yesterday. They weren't, like, discussions that I had when I was in high school. And it was because I wasn't afraid to be wrong about something. Because I knew that we could talk about being wrong about something. Yeah. If I was, like, actually just factually incorrect about something. And I also wasn't afraid to tell him that I thought he was wrong. Because... And I... and, and Because there's a love there and a trust there. And... Whereas when it was in high school, 
I was afraid to be wrong because if I was wrong, that would mean I lost. And if I was wrong, that would mean that they were right and there's everything a, else. There's an insecurity the there. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no trust and there was no love. And so you can't have you can't have that love and that trust with everybody. And I think that's something that's lost in debate. Um <clears throat> is that there's no there's no mutual respect between people. And I don't know, when it comes to evangelization, I guess like I see what you're trying to say is we're so we're so concerned about some we're so concerned about people being wrong because we're insecure about our own wrongness. And so in order to fix the way that we approach other people being wrong, we have to look inward and say, well, how am I wrong about things? Or am I, I know that I am. Don't even say, how am I wrong? Just say, I know that I am incorrect. I believe incorrect things. You know, we like to write it off and say like, oh, I believe everything the church teaches, you know? And it's like, you can say that, Mm -hmm. but like, then why do you still sin? You know, like, It's because you don't like deep down believe certain things the church teaches. And so that means that you have wrongness in you and like your wrongness is no better than anyone else's just because it isn't blank. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting because it's, it's like this insecurity of at least for, for, I can't speak for everybody, but for a person like me in my position where I'm like in an apostolate and I'm, that's my role is to go out and be a, someone in the laity who preaches the word of God, right? That's supposed to be my role if I do my job correctly. Um, and I think a lot of times uh, the insecurity comes from, I don't want to go home at the end of the day knowing that like I could have said this, that, or the other thing to this person. And then I didn't, right? Which is like a good desire. But the root of it is this like almost Pelagianism, right? Of like, I have to do this work, right? When I'm When I see this person, I have to do this work to them not even like with them or for them. I do this work to them. I have to change them so that I can go back and I can report to God, the father and say, look at the thing that I did today. You know, (laughs) you you can love me now, you know, (laughs) when in reality, you can give me grace because I've proven it to you. Right. Whereas grace works, grace happens first. Right. And then our works happen with grace. What we need is to be able to sit and rest in the loving gaze of the father and trust that he loves us regardless of what we do or don't do. Because then that gives us the freedom, I feel like, to go and meet people and not feel like we have to completely, like, we don't have to have a Steubenville Conference airport, you know, talk come out of that conversation, you know? Yes. And oh, I, my gosh. And I think yes. that's the pressure. Is like, we hear all these sayings. It's like, I met this guy in the airport. This is a story that Dave Van Vickle told, where it's like, I met this guy at the airport, and he was Muslim, and then he told me to find him in the bathroom, and then we prayed together under the stall about, like, how to become a Christian and all these things. And it's like, that's awesome. That's crazy. But that's like, that's like .0001% of the conversations that Dave Van Vickle has ever had with people who don't have yeah. the faith that he has. I love Dave Van Vickle. I love Every Nisha About. I think it's a great podcast on evangelization. You guys should listen to it. But... That's neither here nor there. That's just the first example that came to mind of we've been conditioned by these speakers and these talks and movies, right? Like in movies, mm-hmm. things happen like this, you know, uh, a character has a change of heart instantly because of a impassioned, powerful speech that somebody makes that takes two minutes of runtime. And then Michael Bay goes, makes the big things go boom, you know, like it's. And I, and I go give give I give you more money. Give you more money. Take make more. Make more Transformers. Transformers Five. The light side of the moon. Who would have seen it coming? Nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody thinks to hide Nazi weaponry on the light side of the moon. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, what was my point? 
so yeah so we we forget that we can go to a person and not like we don't have to change their entire life in one conversation especially like on a college campus, especially on a college campus, my size, like at Tulsa, 4,000 students, I'm probably going to see that person again. Even anywhere, like in your life, if you meet somebody, right, you don't, you're, you, you, there's very low odds that like, you're going to completely change this person's life in one conversation. If God wants to do that, he'll do that. Right. But if you forget to encounter the person and you're just trying to like lead with facts and truth, then you're going to miss out on the opportunity that God might be inviting you to. Yeah. And you might not see that person again, but God will. And he has a plan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. This is the, this is the beauty and the simplicity that people made fun of. When Pope Francis said, who am I to judge? He was speaking with like a radical love for people. Yes. And an understanding of the mercy of God. And he wasn't saying it like a Miley Cyrus tattoo. You know, he was saying it like, who am I to judge? Because I don't know the state of someone's soul. And like, this is what we do. I was talking to a couple of friends about this. Like, this is what we do. We say, well, my sin is this. And I know that I'm a sinner. But like, at least I don't. Thank you, Lord, that I am not like this tax collector. Oof. Thank you, Lord, that I am not like this tax collector. For he, he, I, I give money at the temple, and I'm, I'm so, I like, I, I obey all of the commandments, right? It's like, but that's the thing. Like I said earlier, if you believed everything the church taught, if you were orthodox, you would not sin. If you and were no, Gilbert Keith Chesterton, <laughs> and no, it's not better because at least you know you're sinning. It's worse. Because you know you're sinning. It's like, at least I believe, at least I know intellectually that it, that I shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. No, it's worse because that other person, if you are outside of the law, you are not judged by the law. If you are inside the law, then you are judged by the law. So that sucks. I just think like we look at other people well it's good it doesn't suck but yeah go on sorry 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 i just wanted i wanted to i wanted to change what i said i said so that sucks it doesn't it only sucks if you sin go on (laughs) so the thing is is that we see other people right the the classic line we see other people's highlights and we see our whatever blooper reel yeah what's the thing it's when we get to evangelization mindset i feel like that's flipped right oh yeah we start seeing everybody else's blooper reels and we only see our highlights but it's like Everybody that's listening to this podcast, everybody in the world, if you took a camera, right, and, like, if I played on a big screen, the worst 20 minutes of your life last week, it'd be very embarrassing, Patrick. Like, it would be something that you would not want the world to see. And, like, that's true for everybody. It's like we all have, like, no matter where we are at, we all have that 20 minutes of our week where we are just desolate, degraded. At our worst. At our worst sinners, right? In any kind of way. Doesn't matter, right? And so, but then we put these blinders on when we're looking at other people and we're like, ugh, their 20, their 20 minutes is all the time, right? It's, it's, I, have, <laughs> I have hours and hours of footage of this person. Yeah. And we can make these assessments and these judgments, even about these people who are, you know, priestess shamans who believe that they're going to be 20 years old forever because they sold their soul to a crystal lattice that they discovered while they were on DMT. You know, like it's like, and then you talk to this person, you're like, wow, there's just a lot wrong here. And like, that's, that's true. That's really stupid. 
but so is pornography. Right. And Catholic guys and Catholic people do that all the time. Right. So like, both of these things are stupid. Oh, look at <laughs> look at these pixels. They make me want to have sex with myself. Oh, okay. Like, oh, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but because um, it is ridiculous. Like all sin yeah. at the end of the day is absurd. Like it does not make any sense. Yeah. It's absurd in the true sense of the word. Um, but yeah, we still commit it, which is how absurd are we? We're crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, we look at these people and we're like, wow, they're so, oh, they're just crazy. Like, there's no way I could have any reasonable. I was even thinking like, man, how would I even start having a conversation with people like this, right? That he's talking to on these videos, you know? Yeah. You're probably not going to make a dent. At least you're not going to feel like you're doing anything. But the thing is, right. Is that I just, I just don't think that we trust in God enough that if like, that do we really believe that love covers a multitude of sins, right? Do we really believe that? Like if I, if I encounter someone and I love them, if I love their person that like that will do something for them. Why are you making that face? I don't know. Do I? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's oh, okay. I thought you were going to correct me. And I was like, did I misquote scripture? Please tell me if no, I did. No, no, you got that. Yeah. No, you, that was that. Let me double check, but that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> do I believe that? Like God rewards our faithfulness, you know, like, do I believe that if I encounter this person, if I love them for who they are and not what they do, then he can actually do great things that I will never see, you know, way down the line, right? Could even be in purgatory, you know, like all these things that he'll do for this person, right? And do for me. But if I just decide, oh, this person isn't worth it, you know, this this person's too far gone or I need to have a debate with this person or let me Google what Trent Horn has to say about this before I talk to this person. It's like you're missing the point entirely. And I don't know. Can we talk about Jesus for a second? Yeah. Okay. Heck yeah. When Jesus was going town to town. Doing his thing. Yes. He was proclaiming the kingdom of God. Right. But the, the explicit proclamation of the kingdom wasn't happening. Like, he didn't meet um, the blind man, you know, Bartimaeus, and be like, the kingdom of God is at hand, you know? Like, he, he saw that he was blind, and he saw that he was asking to be healed, and he healed his blindness, right? And nowhere did he, like, wait, hold it, stop, wait, first, but first, here's the gospel, right? Let me let me talk to you about this gospel <laughs> before I heal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's not to say that Jesus wasn't, like, obviously, I can't, I'm not here to critique Jesus's evangelization style. It's not that he was doing anything wrong. He just knew that there were specific times where he should, like, vocally, verbally be preaching and encouraging people to follow him as the son of God, repent of their sins, right? Be, be baptized, yeah. all these things, right? That like he was going to preach the gospel. But there were some times where he encountered a person, and maybe it's, the woman at the well, maybe it's Nicodemus, maybe it's the the woman suffering from hemorrhages, maybe it's Bartimaeus, all these characters, right, where he's going through these towns and they come to him and he doesn't try to explain to them who he is or what he's doing. He doesn't try to teach them. He could, he could say, you know, the perfect sentence, right? Like the most, yeah. the, the thing that will cut to their heart the most, he could say it and like teach them truth so that they would repent all of these things, right? But in a lot of these cases, he just he tells them that he loves them and he heals them of whatever they need to be healed of. He listens to them and he just he looks them in the eye and he's present with them. And like, I don't I feel like we're scared because we feel like if we do that, we're settling. But like, that's what Jesus did all the time, you know? Yeah. Like, why didn't Jesus make the woman caught in adultery stop sinning forever? Why did he just tell her? Like, why did he let her go? Like, what? Why didn't God just make us stop sinning 
from the beginning. Why can't if God if if sin if God if God's so great, why can't he just make us stop sinning, right? Um and that that's the that's one of the crazy things is like, well, because he allows evil because where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And so when you see someone who's caught in a sin that's so absurd to you, mm-hmm. And so outside of the purview of, of who you of of what you would ever do, right? If that sin is so great, then God is going to bring great grace out of that. Yeah. If you see it, then He must want you to help. So pray, um, be a good steward. That 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 part of Scripture that you quoted from it was from one Peter four, and the chapter is called um, "Good Stewards of God's Grace," and he's talking about. He says, the end of all things is near. Be serious and discipline yourselves in prayer. Above all, maintain love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. And he says, so essentially he's saying like, hey, um, we're all going to die soon. So last thing, love everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we, we do the, 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 the spurious St. Francis quote, the preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary, right? That's a that's a desire to do, that's a that's a, an extreme reaction against preaching. Yeah, it's saying there's a way to take that sentence and say like, oh, we shouldn't preach because the gospel is all about actions. So we should just do, we should just be generically good people, and then people they will know we are Christians by our love, by, by our, our love. love, right? Yeah, and so that's one reaction, and then there's the other act reaction where it's like oh, that's wrong, therefore it's all about preaching all the time, and we have to start a huge apologetics conglomerate mm-hmm. and publish a ton of resources and content yes. so that we so that people know how to do apologetics. Um, but I think the missing part is is that when they when they emphasized actions, they weren't emphasizing act the actions of Christ. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, the actions of Christ, like you said, the actions where Christ preached the gospel was he healed the eyes of the, he opened the eyes of the blind. That's a pretty intense, it's like you have two options. You can preach, you can love, you can preach with eloquent words, or you can open the eyes of the blind. Like those are your three options. So we should probably pick the first one unless we know for a fact that we can open the eyes of the blind. But you're right. It's because it's because that was preaching the kingdom of God. Because it symbolically pointed to what we see now in a mirror dimly, we will soon see face to face. The kingdom of God is the opening the eyes of all of us, the blind. Yeah. Um, and so that's why that's why instructing the ignorant is a spiritual work of mercy, is because it's opening the eyes of the blind. And it's a very humbling experience because it's like when you do that, you see yourself in that person. It's not dunking on them until they realize how wrong they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's something I saw on Twitter when I when we were younger all the time. Yeah. People were like, instructing the ignorant is a is a spiritual work of mercy. And I'm like, yeah, and pride is a sin and you're committing it. Yeah. Like it's like not if you have the wrong disposition of heart, you yeah. you're doing damage to yourself and to the yes. other person. Oy. I just like I think that we're gonna be in heaven. And we're gonna Yeah, I hope so. Well, yeah. <laughs> first of all, please. <laughs> Gosh. And we're going to be looking back and we're going to be seeing all of the opportunities that we had to, to love these people. Right. And we're going to be kicking ourselves as much as you can kick yourself in heaven. Right. I don't know. Whenever we're able to see all these things, we're going to kick ourselves momentarily. And Jesus is going to say, that's okay. I provided for you even when you couldn't do it. 
right? Purgatory is kicking yourself. Purgatory is kicking yourself. Yeah, yeah. But like, we're going to be seeing all these opportunities of like chances that we had just to love a person where we either chose to do nothing or we chose to try to win a debate. And we're going to be like, dang, that was wrong. Like that was the wrong move at the time. And we're just going to see all of these like graces that Jesus could have potentially brought to that situation or that person or to us that we missed out on because we were either scared we were scared either way we were scared of not engaging them or we were scared that we wouldn't be doing enough with love and it's like yeah. you really think that love's not enough dog. dog let's talk about the cross bro like by all accounts the cross was like the worst like the dumbest thing that jesus could have done he could have brought up he could have brought his freaking boys right like he could have summoned <laughs> all of the angelic hosts right Billions and billions of angels to just murk everyone, right? <laughs> he could have sneezed the devil out of existence. Exactly. Like, there are yeah. so many things that he could have done. But instead, what he did is he, he, he looked at everybody with love, asked, them, asked God for their forg- like, to forgive them, and then died. And it's like, and then we think like, oh, I got to win this argument. I got to make sure that I memorize the thing about salvation, justification. Yeah, uh, like it's just it's just crazy. The I hope that I hope that everyone understands what love covers a multitude of sins means. And as I get closer and closer to marriage, I'm kind of understanding more and more how it's supposed to be, or how it is. Tell me an image of an image of Christ in the church, and it's because I'm only I'm only gonna use this because like I'm sure Phoebe does this for me, but it's harder to see it from her perspective because sometimes it's hard to see your own sinfulness. So I will say that, like. When Phoebe does stuff that's wrong to me, like when she hurts me, it's so easy to forgive her because I love her. And it's it's an imperfect analogy because if a person continuously hurts you unrepentantly, you shouldn't be around them. It's an imperfect analogy because I do still take it personally and I and my my love my forgiveness doesn't come in an instant. Right? But it still points to I was like, "Oh, this is how God loves me is like, I hurt him. And then it's not like, it's okay. It's I forgive you. Has, you know? has Phoebe, That's something that has Phoebe ever asked you for forgiveness for something that you've like already forgotten about or like is so minor to you that you're just like, yes. Okay. So that's like how all of our things are to God, right? Yeah. Like we go to him. We're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel so terrible. He's like, what? I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about how much I love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like the same thing from you to Phoebe, like you apologize to her. And then she's like, oh, yeah, like, it's not even an issue. Like, the things that we, things that we just, like, churn over in ourselves, like, we just don't even, we don't even understand that to God, those things are so minuscule because they're so outweighed. But then when we let those things define us, right, and we, like, never let go of those things, then that can, like, be a serious, you know, or if we choose them over and over again. It's not that God loves us any less. He's just like, I'm ready to forgive you, but you don't, you don't want, you don't want me. So like, yeah, this is a good, this is a good, like, you know, something else we have to keep in mind is like, we're kind of going hard on personal sin, but it's like personal sin. It's the same thing. It's like God loves, if the shaman asks for forgiveness, God is going to give the shaman forgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and and if God asks the, the gossiper, if if God, if the gossip asks for forgiveness, God is going to give him forgiveness. Yeah. So I guess like wherever you are, God wants to forgive you of things. And so extend that same grace to other people. I don't have anything else to add. I just thought we would talk about all gas, no brakes. 
I think everybody should go and at least watch just to like get a just to get a a gut check of where our culture is at. I think you should watch the Talladega Speedway video. Mm-hmm. I think you should watch the uh, coronavirus protest video. And I think you should watch the um, uh, either the Conscious Life Convention or the um, Jam and Jam video. I think those. Okay. And I just want to warn you, they are explicit. There's no guarantee that all the things in there are going to be kid friendly. I just think that it gives you a good look at what what is actually happening in American culture right now outside of, you know, your whole foods that you're going to right now. <laughs> You know, because it's just there's a lot that happens outside of our bubbles that we put ourselves in. And yeah. then when when those bubbles, those precious, precious bubbles get breached, we're like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, oh, well, no. you, you just, we have to remember that there are people that are very, very different than us and like people very, very different than me. And like you don't even have to you don't really even have to do anything to meet them or talk to them. You just have to treat them as a person. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Anyway, uh, ready for Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Yes, please. All right. This one comes to us from a guy. Awesome. He says, greetings, Dr. Ethan and Professor Patrick. Hello. Hello. Howdy. I am writing to you as a 19-year-old guy who loves the pod. Why, Keep up the good work. Why are we doing role play in our emails? Write to me as you actually are, please. <laughs> he makes it sound Keep like he's good not work. actually 19. Anyway. <laughs> this is a question that may have already been answered, but... I will ask anyway to feed that sweet, sweet content machine. Here's my story. I am a 19-year-old dude. Insert your own name that you wish to call me. What would you like to call him? Carl. Carl. Croissant. Um, Who was raised in a small, ultra-Catholic town and have grown up with the same group of people for a long time and have enjoyed having the same group of friends for most of my life. I moved out a year ago and began working full-time, going to college part-time, so my time in the recent months is pretty limited and making the idea of dating quite daunting right now. I still try and spend time and with my hometown friends as much as possible when I have free time. One of these friends is a girl named Yeah. Cynthia. Okay, there you go. Uh Cynthia. Wait, is that Carl, the girl from Jimmy Neutron? Carl and Cindy. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy Cindy is Jimmy's love interest, but I like the idea of Carl and Cindy getting together. So we can stick Honestly, with that. Honestly, that's my OTP. Uh is one of these friends is a girl named Cindy that I never really had feelings for until recently. We have been talking more and more recently and I feel like I might be attracted to her. And I've pondered the concept of trying to date. My issue is we've been friends for a long time and we share the same large group of friends and, and they get together and hang out as often as possible. I'm afraid of ruining a friendship and making things awkward in that friend group if I ask her to coffee or something like that. Any help you can give is appreciated. Thank you greatly. The podcast is my definitely my favorite of all the podcasts. Postscript. When is merch happening? Okay. All right. Next week. Chill okay. out. Listen, first of all, I need those crunchy t-shirts so that everyone will know that I am intellectual and smarter than a fifth grader. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank all right. You. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, I have a problem. What? Are you ready? What's I, that? I know this girl that I've been friends with for a super long time that I find to be really attractive that I share a similar friend group with and I, I really like her. What do I do? <laughs> You realize how here's, here's what I here's realize what I how want to know. stupid like, that sounds, Carl. When you say it like to, that, it's like I really Carl, I've been friends with this girl for such a long time. I really think she's great. I really we really get along. All of our friends get along. I visit where she lives all the time. I have time to date her, but I just don't know if it's right, man. Like I have no idea. It's like what are you talking about? <laughs> I want to know what here's here's what I would think. It's it's we've all been there, and the only reason we're laughing is because we've been there. Yeah. And the the answer is simple. What's the alternative? You you're lonely. What well, imagine the what's the alternative? You find someone who you've never met, 
who you don't share any friends with. Don't share any friend groups with in your small town. And then you try and transplant them into your existing friend group with the girl that you had a crush on. That's another recipe for disaster. Here's my thing. It's like once you develop feelings for someone, the friendship is over. Yeah. That's that's not a friendship anymore. Unless it's like a little tiny little baby crush that could like come yeah. and go, you know? Yeah. If you if you if you like her for a while, like I'm gonna say more than a month, like you're screwed. You gotta do something. Otherwise it's gonna be weird. Yeah. You know? Because imagine you get another girl. Imagine you know, she gets a boyfriend, and then you're a part of the friend group, and the boyfriend comes oh, in. Oh, that would or, suck. Or she starts dating another guy in this group. Oh, then that, that ruins two friendships. Then, you have to save that friendship. And that's terrible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> By not asking this girl out, you're going to ruin the friendship. Yeah. it's it, We have this weird like, desire to maintain the status quo, and it's like, that's just not... Life is about change, and change involves like the death of one part and the birth of something else, and sometimes you have to risk letting go of a friendship in order you're never gonna see the thing if you're gonna get into the stock market yeah okay all right <laughs> you're gonna need to put some money in there's always a risk yep right but if you invest early and often you'll probably end out on top you know uh, barring any coronaviruses and uh yeah so it's like you're always gonna have a little bit of risk involved but you have to have manageable risk you can't just go ask anybody out right but you also can't ask nobody out and wait for them to show up on your door it's not gonna happen yeah yeah, have this is a manageable risk, my friend. Carl, this is a manageable risk. Carl, you need to write this down. I want you to write this down. Get out a pen, get out a piece of paper. I want you to write this. C A L N E W P O R T. All right. So put that into your Google box. Cal Newport. O R T. Oh, okay. Cal Newport. Read all of his books. Come back to me and tell me what you think. No, I'm kidding. Cal Newport doesn't talk about <laughs> investing, Ethan. He talks, he talks about, about dating. Intellectual depth and and so I wish I Cal Newport has a whole like he had a he started a blog back in 2007 when he was an undergrad. He wrote his first book when he was 19. He wrote a book for like high school students to be better high schoolers, and uh, yeah. So he's like he and he has this whole like back catalog blog that I was like reading through in preparing uh-huh. to go to grad school, uh-huh. and it's gold. It's like a gold. So if you're still in college, go to calnewport.com. Go to his blog. Like read some of the back catalog. Like man, in 2008, this guy was like changing the game. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> he ate. Listen. I can stand people that you don't know about. All right. Listen, I got you into Dave Ramsey. I'll get you into Cal Newport. Well, one day, one day. Um, Carl, here's the thing. You're 19 years old. Write a book about high school and <laughs> and try to get this girl that you like to write a, a little blurb for it to put on the, the dust jacket. And tell her tell her that what, what would your, ask her what your TED talk would be. And then, <laughs> and then DM her on Facebook and say, hey, hey do if I go send see you Sonic the talk, Hedgehog with me? It's the only. It's the only movie that's out this year. It's the only movie that exists still. Do you think Sonic is gonna win the Oscar for this year? No, it's not nominated. It's gonna get nominated. No, it's not. It will be because it's the only movie that came out. Carl, you have to ask her out. Carl, that's you the, have that's to ask her summer. out. I think it's ridiculous to not ask her out. Here's the thing. Worst case is you're only friends with the dudes from then on out. That's the worst case, right? Maybe the maybe the girls from your hometown friend group don't talk to you anymore. You've lost nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta stick with the boys. You gotta stick. With, yeah. All right. Give me one more. All right. We got we got one that's uh, we got one that's from from a dude and it's short and it's about coronavirus. Or we have one that's like a like four blocks of text and it's yeah, probably need, more interesting. We need the short one. Let's do the long one next okay. week. All right. I keep putting I keep putting her on the back burner. Uh, dear Doctor Ethan. All right. I just moved to a new area, six hundred miles away from home. I want to start talking to a girl I'm interested in, who's about my age, twenty two, twenty three, who goes the same parish as me. Okay. Normally, I'm pretty good in social situations, but with social distancing and everyone wearing a mask and no coffee and donuts, 
What is the best way for me to introduce myself to someone new during these uncertain times? Mm. Also, side note, she's often surrounded by her family, all brothers at church. Any suggestions are appreciated. God bless Fabio. Great. Giving himself his own name. Here's what well, I hopefully, think. Hopefully, unless his name is Fabio, which I guess is possible. That would be a great name. I think if she's wearing a mask and if you're wearing a mask, you can walk right up to her and put your faces just on each other because it's not kissing, but it is a sign of intimacy. And I think, <laughs> no, don't do that. Phoebe refuses to do a mask kiss in public. And I think it's obnoxious how she won't let me do that. I think, I think it's cute. I think, I think but it is definitely unsanitary. Yeah. So don't do that. Maybe. Um, hmm, that's tough. Coronavirus dating. Hmm. Hmm. I think you, I think what's needed here, right? Slide into her DMs the old fashioned. I think you need to go on YouTube and, and <laughs> look up a video of a of a ten to eleven year old boy getting in the pool for the first time. Because what he's let's hold out. Oh, just hold on a second. He what does he do? Right? He dips his toes in and he's like, Ooh, that's cold. Right? He instead of jumping into the five feet, what does he do? He goes over to the three foot section. And he, he gets in a little bit and it's up to his ankles and he's like, ooh, that's cold. And then he gets in a little bit more and it gets up past the waist and we all have that moment where we're like, ah, it's past my waist now, you know. And uh, and then you, you get all the way in and eventually you're in there. So what I think you need to do is I need to get – I think you, No, they're all jumping. I'm looking it up. They're all jumping. You need, okay. Also, Googling 10 to 11-year-old boy <laughs> in pool has, has come up with a bunch of very sad and disappointing local news stories. Oh, no. That's yeah. well, let's not get into that. This is my intestines got sucked out by a swimming oh, no. True story, not clickbait. Uh, development <laughs> TikTok of baby being thrown into pool sparks debate. Buzzfeed News. So, what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to get your intestines sucked out. And you know that you have like six meters of intestine in there. So, I need you to write out because you have to be six feet away, write out in your intestines, hey, do you like me? So, you're going to have to get in a pool and get your organs removed before you're able to uh uh ask this girl out but i don't know i think you just need to get your toes wet introduce yourself to her say hey i know we can't like touch or talk or anything right now but my name's fabio what's your name i think you're really cool um exchange snapchats or whatever it is that people do i can tell that patrick's not paying attention because i can see the the scrolling happening in his glasses it's horrible they're throwing a baby in a pool and it's just we're trying to help Fabio, and you're you're watching. They, they threw a baby in a pool. You're watching a snuff film while I'm trying to help Fabio. They just this lady just threw a two year old baby in a pool, and the baby like sinks to the bottom, and then floats to the top, and he's just struggling. He's doing a great job. We're very proud of I, him. Go, go, baby, go! So here's what you got to do, Fabio. You have to throw yourself into this. You have to just. You'll you'll drown for a second, but then you'll float right to the top, baby. Well, you, That's what I'm what you thinking. To, Ethan was saying you need to lick your hand and then put it on her face and just say, "Hey, we've we've broken the barrier. There's no reason for us to isolate from each other anymore. Let's <laughs> let's go get coffee. Find out. I was, I was, figure out a way to cough on her. Figure out a way to accidentally be in the same room as her without your masks on. Try to contrive a situation in which isolation from each other is no longer needed. There's so many social distancing sitcom tropes. You know, like uh, social, like quarantining by putting a piece of red tape across a room, uh, accidentally having two masks at the homecoming dance. Mm, clever. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, no. It'd be really funny if, like, you you and your friend were like on a date with two two girls that kind of look the same. And you got him confused. That's a Seinfeld. You bit, know, is that that's a definitely a Seinfeld. They're bit. wearing masks, and George and Jerry don't know which one's which. I think that's in the office, and that's the Benny Hanna Christmas episode. It is. 
Yeah. But you can totally tell them apart. Yeah, you can. It's just that yeah. Michael Scott is drunk and racist. Did you know, um, uh, who was it that, there was like a really famous director that directed that episode of The Office, Benny Hanna. Wesley Snipes? No, but like J.J. Abrams and Brian Cranston and like big name directors would come in and direct episodes of The Office just for like fun. Uh, yeah, just for fun. Something to do. For funsies. They, w- they were just around, you know, like I'll come in and direct an episode. I'm not surprised. That's all that we have for you, Fabio. I hope that helps. Um, yeah, Fabio. Sorry I wasn't paying attention. I was watching videos of babies yeah, being thrown work in the pool unwillingly. Work on your intestines getting sucked out and see if you can figure anything out. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Patrick's Kickstarter link is going to be in the thing. Uh, yeah, please please donate to that. Uh, it'd be it'd be great if you could because I really want to have this be a real thing. I want a pocket version of the Summa Theologica, so why shouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have a Kickstarter. Any money that you would give me, give to Patrick by donating to patreon.com slash the crunch. <laughs> uh, merch is coming soon, baby. It's uh, it's oh, I had a phone call about it this week. I have a phone call about it on Monday. Let's freaking go. Uh, so no more texts, no more questions, no more, qu- no more questions about merch. No more questions. Don't, about you, merch. It, you're on the, you're going to get blacklisted. If you ask me, I don't even, there's no social medias. I want you to follow me on. Follow patnevy.blog. Um, and Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? You are smart and you can read theology books. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we will see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.